for it, dude. Hey, it's the Game Changer here, Big Game Leroy, and I'm here to tell you I am here on the Sign Rip Podcast with Joey G. Haha, <laughs> awesome sauce. Welcome everybody, episode number 28 of the Sign Rip Podcast with Joey G. I am Joey G, and my guest at this time, he's the reigning, defending, Invictus Pro Wrestling social media champion, the one and only Big Game Leroy. <laughs> nice, nice. What an intro. I love that. Reigning and defending. Like, Have you ever thought about being a Paul Heyman villain? Because I really like that. That was a really good delivery. <laughs> Sometimes I think about it. So. Um, so for you, so for those of you who don't know, Big Game Leroy has actually never once ripped up any of my signs at a show. I've seen him wrestle a few times, so he's not this. He's I not do the my best not to rip up people's signs. You know, I, I just I, I, I like signs. I feel like signs are a little bit of a, a little bit of a throwback. You know, and I feel like it's an underappreciated uh, expression of, of of emotions, especially at wrestling shows. I love signs, so why would I rip them up? Exactly. That's a, that's a good man. You are big game, Leroy. Uh, should I call you big game or uh, Leroy? Uh, you can call me both. No, okay. you can, uh, Leroy's always fine. Big game is my big game is my father. Just call me Leroy. <laughs> All right, no problem. So, first off, Leroy, first question I got for you: What got you into pro wrestling as a fan? First off, uh, I remember being like probably less than five, and my earliest memory is an episode of Raw. I was watching The Rock. And I don't remember what he was saying or what he was doing. Couldn't tell you what episode it was, but he was just making me laugh. And I just adored him. And I thought it was so awesome how this dude was so entertaining and just, he was just not taking himself seriously. And it was great. And I, I've been hooked ever since, to be honest. It's a big rock fan. I got you on that. I was like oh, the definitely, rock. Definitely. I was like the rock back in the attitude era. I was more a stone cold Steve Austin guy, but the rock was always up there with my favorites back then. That's what I was just about to say. I was like, uh, I think you know, people are always like, oh, you know, I gotta pick one or the other, and I'm like, I, I, I like both. I think they both do something a little different. I think that The Rock is a next level entertainer, and I don't think anybody can, uh, you know, in my opinion, I don't think anybody can compete with him in terms of entertainment. But uh, Stone Cold is also just super, he's super entertaining as well, and like, I just, yeah, you really don't have to choose between the two. They both kind of satiate a different kind of a. Uh, different kind of taste for everybody, I feel like. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. So, did you ever end up attending any shows as a fan as a kid or when you were younger? Uh, mostly WWE house shows. So, I went to a few MSG uh, house shows when I was a kid kid. Um, I think, like, around 2007, 2008, I went to a few of the MSG house shows. Uh, they were awesome. I love them. Um, and I think I went to two Barclay shows, which was obviously a little bit further down the line when the Barclay Center was made, but um, yeah, that's really about it, and then I didn't really discover independent wrestling or start going to independent wrestling shows until I was already training to be a wrestler, so I feel like it doesn't really count the same way. No, I, I understand that, you know? I, I Like I said, I had no clue about indie wrestling for the longest time until uh, my buddy hit me up one time and told me, hey man, why don't you come, uh, come check out this uh, indie wrestling show? in uh, Dutchess County for Northeast Wrestling, you know, and uh, and I fell in love with independent wrestling ever since. That's awesome. Northeast Wrestling, you said, NEW? Yep. Nice, nice. That's a really good company. I have a lot of friends who wrestle there, and uh, I always say very positive things, so I can't help but uh, 
think of, think very highly of it. <laughs> oh, of course, man. I, I always attend all the shows there all the time, and I'm hoping one day to even see you wrestle there. Uh stop. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just at them on Twitter and say that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've done that plenty of times, actually, so... <laughs> Nice, nice, nice. It's okay. I'm, I'm sure their Twitter guy's really annoyed from us by now, but it's okay. <laughs> I mean, you never know. We'll see what happens, you know? So, uh, Leroy, after, when you be becoming a fan, eventually, what made you, because um, you said you started training for wrestling, and then you said you were, uh, you didn't really discover indie wrestling until you started training to become a wrestler. What got you to, what got you to want to train to become a professional wrestler? So, I... I feel like I discovered indie wrestling pretty late in the game. Like, I was already a teenager by the time I was really discovering independent wrestling. And I feel like, because I, I started training when I was 17, so it was like I discovered indie wrestling at like 13, 14, 15, and then I pretty much just became a pro wrestler right after that. Okay. You know, and then um, I, I think that the jump to being a pro wrestler is hard because, like, most wrestlers will tell you they wanted to be a pro wrestler their entire life, and that's awesome. But that wasn't necessarily the case for me. I kind of, <laughs> I kind of didn't really think I could be a pro wrestler because I just thought like I'm not huge, I'm not super jacked, I'm not particularly tall or incredibly good looking. I mean, I think that now, but I didn't think that back then. And <laughs> I just didn't think it was for me. It wasn't really until late in the game, and I saw guys like Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, and I, you know, that, that year in 2011, where I was like, oh, wrestling's kind of changing, and it's leaning more towards a more realistic take where you don't have to be this bodybuilder of a male specimen to be a pro wrestler and to connect and get to the top. Because I always knew there were smaller guys in wrestling, but I never really felt like they were looked at a certain kind of way up until that time period. And then especially Daniel Bryan in 2014, 2013, that run to the title was amazing. And I look back on that, and I was like, wow, that was when I knew I really had to do this. And then literally 2014, the summer of 2014, I started training, and it's been nonstop, nonstop go since then. Where did you uh, train at? Uh, I am trained out of the House of Glory Wrestling School, okay. which is in uh, Queens, New York. <laughs> All right. Uh, how'd, the, how'd, yeah. the, how'd the training uh, go there? Like, uh, what, what's it like in the training place there in House of Glory? Uh, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, pretty tough environment. You know, I think that, uh, it's, it's very, it very much will shape you for the rest of your career because it's, it requires nothing but hard work and a hundred percent commitment. Um, which when you're 17 years old and you kind of just want to be a pro wrestler, you kind of don't really know what you want to do with your life besides that. I think it was perfect for me because I was able to dedicate my whole life to it at a young age. You know, it's so interesting to me because like I, my first two, three years, I would say three years of wrestling training, I was there every single Tuesday and every single Thursday. And that's kind of insane when you really think about it, like holidays, uh, whatever's, plans, uh, there were so much things that I just kind of like didn't do just because I was like, yeah, I got to go to wrestling training, that's what I do, sorry. And then that was it. I, I totally understand that. You're really dedicated to uh, your pro wrestling training and everything and getting into the uh, ring, that's... That's a lot of dedication there, you know. I think I, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, I had somebody else. I'm trying to remember who it was that they said they missed out on a lot of like uh, get-togethers with people and holidays and stuff because they were just so focused on their uh, wrestling training. I'm trying to remember who it was exactly. I'm not sure, and I know it was somebody from Invictus. I just can't recall who actually. So. Uh, no, 
No, and I mean, that's a lot of our story, you know, to be honest. It's, it's a, that's just how it goes. Like, that's just the name of the game, to be honest. Like, you get, I believe that there's a place in wrestling, uh, in wrestling for everybody, no matter where you come from, what you look like, whatever your size, your build is. But you do have to commit to this 100%. You can't just waltz into it and expect to be great at this. You can't, you have to dedicate yourself. You have to sacrifice. It's, it's, uh, it's a lot. It, it's absolutely a lot. Um, yeah, like I can't even say anything besides that. I just think that like it takes a lot of commitment. And people always talk about the physical grind of wrestling. And I make an argument that the emotional grind and the mental grind is astronomically more severe than the physical. The physical, after a while, you train your body and you get used to the pain. You get used to the bumps and bruises. You learn how to better take care of yourself. You start doing yoga. You start working out the right way. You start eating the right way. Your body kind of adjusts a little bit. But in terms of like the mental, like that's a whole other level. Like every, I feel like it's just so, so, so difficult to like, for the mental game. Like it's just really difficult. I gotcha. So, um, what was your, uh, first matchup like, like leading into your first match? Did you have any nerves going into the first match? And what was, uh, what was your first match? <laughs> I'm sorry. Absolutely. So I wrestled a guy named Nikki Heat, who, at the, who, uh, he was a House of Glory mainstay. He was one of the, one of the bigger names there. And he kind of, um, he had started off his career as like this super go lucky, good guy that everybody loved and adored. And he had recently turned into a bad guy. And I think that the cool thing was that I had uh, I debuted in wrestling as like this kind of young boy to Ken Broadway, and I was kind of like a part of this crew, and I was kind of a jerk by association, so to speak. Um, but then when I finally got to make my debut, I was debuting against this guy Nikki Heat, and I felt like the roles were reversed. Like I was now the blue chipper, you know, new guy who everybody kind of liked, rooted for, the underdog, and he was the the the, the the bad guy, the soul-crushing status quo, and I thought it was a really cool dichotomy and stuff like that, and to be very honest, like, I that match is still one of my favorites to this day, and most people hate their first matches. Um, I, I can't say that I do. Like, I look back and I think about the crowd, and I can say, oh, I wish I did this a little bit better, or I wish that physically I, I did this or that, or that I was moving a little bit faster, or was a little bit stronger. Sure, sure. But the crowd is behind me in such a way, man, and I, I, I'll never forget that. And that's crazy that you say Ken Broadway, especially since he uh, main evented the last Invictus show. So it must have been a crazy, uh, it must have been a little cool reunion to see him at that show. Yeah, no, it is, uh, a, uh, if you, um, the documentary that I recently got uploaded a few days ago, uh, there's a part where like we, me and him embrace and stuff because that was the first time I'd seen him since he did AEW Dark. And you know, it's just all love between us. You know, we literally grown together so much in wrestling. I wouldn't be anywhere near where I'm at right now without him in my career, without him in my life, you know. And um, he's just a really good dude, you know. And I'm, I'm glad that he's, like, just doing his thing in wrestling. And I'm glad that he's here in Invictus. I'm glad that he, you know, popped up and he did his thing in the main event, you know. I'm looking at him, and he motivates me. And I like to think that I he looks right back at me and I motivate him. And I think that that's really cool. Whether we're training together whether we're a little bit afar, but peeping each other and what we're doing from afar, I think that's what's up. I understand that, you know, so. So, um, Leroy, how did you link up with Alex Aceta in Invictus Pro Wrestling? Oh, my gosh, what a story. Huh? <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of crazy. So, I, uh, another thing, I'm, I'm going to keep plugging my documentary. It's on it. <laughs> no worries, man. i got to no, check no, that no, out, no. actually, when I'm done with this. 
Yeah, and so um, I was in a Evolve uh, tryout standout. I got booked on Evolve because I did the, the tryout slash seminar with Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano in September of 2019. I was picked, and I got booked that night, which was awesome, obviously. I got to wrestle for one of the biggest, at the time when it was running, one of the biggest independent companies in the country, and also one that we obviously know has ties to WWE. And I got picked by two guys that I look up more to anybody in pro wrestling, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, and I think that was like, that was what was really cool and surreal to me, you know? Um, the match went awesome and stuff like that, and I believe Alex was, uh, he was, um, you know, uh, helping out with the show and stuff, and he was like learning from Gabe Sapolsky and whatnot, which is kind of cool to me, because it's kind of like, I'm learning and growing as a wrestler, and he was learning and growing as a, and getting groomed for being a promoter by one of the, you know, one of the best minds in uh, wrestling, you know? And I think we had met briefly. He had mentioned about, uh, and I look back at this with so much skepticism, and he's going to totally give me a lot of slack for this, but he was like, yeah, man, I'd love to book you. Like, I love everything you got going on, and, you know, what I'm, gonna, I'm thinking about trying to run shows in the next year, you know, and I, I really want to make you a part of it. He wanted to do it in the greater uh, New York area, like in hidden area of New York, upstate New York, that wasn't really, didn't really have a wrestling scene. And I was like, that could be cool. I said, let me know. I'll be down for it. But I didn't think much of it, because... Every other day, somebody's like, hey, you should do this show, or hey, you should do this, and it never happens. So I kind of, you know, in wrestling, I have this mindset of, uh, until I see my face in the flyer, I, I, I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so that happened. Um, I saw him again in October, I believe. We spoke again briefly. He mentioned, um, you know, running shows and stuff like that, and the stuff he wanted to put forward to make it happen. And I said, yeah, 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 I'll definitely. Um, I think we ended up meeting one more time in... I'm trying to get this right. February, the Evolve show in uh, Le Bloom in February, and you know, we—I wasn't booked that day, but I was helping out with the Keith Lee injury, and I was picking Keith Lee's brain, which was another awesome experience that Evolve gifted me. Um, forever grateful to Evolve. I don't care what anybody says, Evolve helped my career in a way that I can't quantify. Um, and Alex was also there, so I don't drive, so I was just like, right, I guess I'm just gonna hop on the train, and he's like. Uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, we're going to go to the Buffalo Wild Wings. I think it was AEW Revolution, the one where uh, Moxie won the title and Orange Cassidy faced Pac and all that stuff. He's like, are you going to go to the watch party? And I was like, I would. I just, I don't have time to take train, get there in a decent time, and then also get home at a time that's not 3 a.m. So he's like, oh, I'll give you a lift, which I thought was really cool because we only had like two conversations ever. <laughs> <laughs> so he ended up giving me a lift to the Buffalo uh, Wild Wings. Um, which was really, really cool. And I love making this joke, and I'm glad that it's this podcast that I get to say it. I am 90% sure that that car ride was pretty much where he officially conceptualized Invictus. Because he started laying out the groundwork, he started about talking about people he wanted to use, his philosophies for wrestling and booking, he told me about his background of, uh, I think he said that he helped out with MLW and this and that, and he'd been backstage, and this was his first time learning on a game school ski and helping out with shows, and he really seen a lot in wrestling, you know? And I was just like, oh, this guy is really about it. And, like, we really bothered because I was like, yeah, he has similar mindsets to me because his mindset was like, hey, I don't want to just use the same crop of people that everybody's using. I want to help elevate wrestlers, you know? I want to help do this and that and do a little something different. And I was like, yo, this guy is really about it. And then we uh, got some beers and wings at Buffalo Wild Wings and we watched uh, Pac and Cassidy, uh, Orange Cassidy, tear the house down. <laughs> and, you know, the friendship and the... Uh, you know, the relationship is pretty much solidified after that. 
Now, those are definitely going to be the memories you look back on, like, ten years from now. On When it comes to... When it comes to <laughs> I'm trying to think of the word right now, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, no, definitely. You know, and that sounds like an awesome story that you... <laughs> now to know that... Uh, it just sounds like an awesome story to hear, and I love hearing those uh, traveling stories, you know? Like... Oh, they, oh, absolutely. they always sound like the, uh, the funnest times, and I always, because you like, because you, I mean, obviously WWE's had WWE Watch Along, where you see them travel, like they've had a few people on on the, on the WWE Network, but you never get to hear about the cool indie stories of the indie wrestlers, and that, right there, I, I just love hearing those stories. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's, it's great, it's, it's really, really, really cool, and like, um, you know, like, from then on, like, me and Alex were just, like, he was really on top of me, and he was really looped. I was really bummed when he had to cancel the, uh, what would have been the first Invictus show. Um, you know, because uh, I think it was originally supposed to happen, I think, and I probably have to check my calendar, because I definitely had to jot it down at some point, but... I think I it was... June of last year, or May of last year? Yes, I think you were right uh, on June, because it was supposed to be in Ossining, which is only, like, a 30-minute drive from where I live, too, so... Yeah, and then the pandemic happened and stuff like that. And it's so crazy because, like, it was just such a bummer. Like, I was just like, oh, man, like, that sucks. uh, I wish it could have happened, like, this or that. And then it's so crazy because, like, then the first show happens that fall. And I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. That's still going to get to happen. And I told him in person, like, then and there, I'm like, the fact that you still have the courage to run this year alone is amazing. Like, you need to feel proud of yourself because there's a lot of good companies, and, you know, rightfully so to an extent. I didn't want to run. They were like, no, nah, we're taking a year off. We can't run this year. We're going to lose money. Fans aren't going to care. We can only do limited whatevers. And then with a mask, and who are we going to be able to book? And if people pull out because they got COVID or whatever, and the liabilities, it's a lot. It's a, running a show during a pandemic is crazy. And it's even crazier that this man debuted a brand new company in a pandemic. That to me is insane. And I, I told him right then and there, I was like, dude, you need to feel proud of yourself. Like, this is awesome. And it's only improved with every show. You know, I think that, like, you know, the first show was really cool. We, it, was in a, it was a barnyard. It was really cool. It was really fun. I was, and then the second show, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't want to interrupt you on that. I I was actually at that first show. And um, yeah. I, I enjoyed that show very much for the simple fact that I had literally been locked in my house for, not locked, but I had been stuck in my house for, like, six months other than going to work. I really didn't wasn't oh, able to do anything for an entire six month period. So, and I, since I live in like New York, it was a it was a drive for us to get down there. Yeah, no, that first show took a little bit of a drive for us. It, it was it, it was a little out there, you know. And I'd never been to that part of Jersey either, so it was it was a bit of a drive um, for me and my car as well. Um, and then the second show was really fun too. Like I had a lot of fun the second show as well. The six way I was in was awesome and. Uh, the venue was really fun too. I just like, but when I tell you that when I think about the last show that just happened, like uh, it just and I get like goosebumps thinking about it. I kind of do because I did not expect us to draw that many people. Um, very honestly, you know, I just I just wasn't I didn't know what to expect because we were competing with like three, four other shows in, in the New Jersey tri-state area. You know, I I, I just. And I was like, oh, I don't know how many we're going to draw, and it's COVID time. But we drew so many. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. We really got something going here. Like, And I think people are really paying attention. And, like, you know, I can, you know, talk about <clears throat> Champ and his impact 
but I can't take all the credit. Like that's or there's a really cool crew here. There's a really cool um, uh, I, I core here that I think that is really going to start really taking the, the industry by storm. I love. I think Geo is is really really awesome. That dude is in phenomenal shape, and he's he's such a good. He's almost too good of a guy that you don't believe it, but he's a really cool dude. Um, even though he's a bit of a jerk, MCM, uh, you know, uh, he's he's a he's he's a guy on the rise. Like that, these dudes are really really decorated. Obviously, Rick Ligurski is somebody who's been a part of the scene for a while. He was NEW champion for some time as well, and this dude is is one of the best big men in our area. You know, so like, I think we have a really good roster, really good core, um, and I'm always <laughs> I'm always excited to see who he brings in. To, you know, to change it up a little bit. You know, I know TJ Crawford came in last time. Some of my friends, Gabriel Sky, got used uh, the last show as well. Um, this show, Kennedy Copeland is back again. My, probably one of my favorite uh, women wrestlers on the scene right now, period. And her and Molly McCoy are just going to go at it. And it's just, uh, I'm, I'm just, I can't wait for that street fight. I can't wait. Um, like, it's very rare that I can go, yeah, I can't wait to watch this show and wrestle on the show. <laughs> I just can't wait to wrestle my match. But, it, like, I legitimately can't wait to watch the show, you know? And, I, like I said, I'm glad you spoke so highly of uh, Invictus. Because um, Alex is an amazing promoter, and he's amazing with everything he does with this. And, as you were saying, and I know I, I don't want to go back to the, the first show, but just, like, seeing the first show, and that was amazing. And then I didn't get to go to the second show, because I unfortunately had a family emergency, but for... In Bloom, like I said, I was amazed, and I'm not talking any bad here, because I love Alex and I love Invictus. I was just as surprised as you as how many people showed up for Invictus, you know? Oh my god, it was crazy, and like, it, it, it took me to another level, because then I was like, oh, I gotta, oh, I gotta go now, like, I got no excuses, like, this isn't, like, I've been mostly wrestling in front of a camera, for a camera, so to just nonstop just jump into a crowd crowd like that, like, I'm pretty sure that's the biggest crowd I've wrestled in probably this whole pandemic, honestly. Because I've mostly not wrestled in crowds, and even then it was very limited capacity. Or it would be like a studio taping in front of the boys, but this this was a crowd crowd, and I am incredibly proud of Invictus, and I am incredibly proud to be its champion because of that. Because now I'm like, oh, we're taking this to another level. Like, we're on IWTV now. We're on high spots as well. You know, we, 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 we're bringing in a lot of new wrestlers. We have a lot of different people and different eyes on us. Wrestlers are always like, oh, what do I got to do to get on Invictus? Uh, who do I hit up? What do I do? People want to be a part of this. And I think it's really cool that Invictus, with three shows, like literally just three shows under its belt, not even a year in, is quickly gaining traction, which is really hard. You know, it's really hard, especially in a it's a hard period to be a successful wrestling company, you know, but in a pandemic, when you're limited by how much you can run, you're limited by how you can run, and, you know, we have to rely on tapings as well. Like, I just think that's so cool. Um, and I can't speak highly enough of it. You know, I obviously I'm the, I'm the champ for a reason. <laughs> but, like, I I enjoy representing this company um, because I I love the idea of representing something new. Because in pro wrestling, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to bring something new to the table and bring something a little bit different. Wrestling with a Nintendo Switch in my hands. I love multitasking. And the name of the game to me is elevating myself, but also help, helping to elevate Invictus. And that's the goal right now for what I'm doing with this title. 
Yes, that I love the way you spoke on that because that is, that is literally the perfectly said way. And speaking of the In Bloom show again, you know, a lot of my friends leave when we left the show because it for us like this has literally been my second Invictus show. I've been at like two Invictus shows with my buddy Billy. Um, the rest of my crew who was with me had never been to an Invictus show before. Um, ironically, my friend's boyfriend, my friend Kelsey's boyfriend James, that was his first ever like wrestling show ever, you know, and I, I remember after that show, all of my buddies were nonstop talking about your match against, uh, um, Killian McMurphy at the end, just from how entertaining it was at the end of the night. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that dude literally broke an Nintendo Wii, I had no choice but to mess him up. Yeah. <laughs> That's really sad. I, I, I was upset by that because I was sitting there saying, Jesus, man, this dude could pl- Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. No worries, yeah, man. A, yeah, yeah, but um, no, like the honestly, the Killing McMurphy match was one of my uh, favorite matches of in a while, you know. And like, I've kind of just been on a on a good streak of just like really fun matches lately. And Invictus has been a part of it. Um, I wrestled, you know, I did the tapings and I wrestled like three different matches, and all of those matches had a little something different to it and a different flair, you know, with. Uh, when I wrestled MZM, is a little bit more of my typical stuff. When I wrestled um, uh, Nick Staff, it was a little bit more, uh, he was more of the aggressor, trying to go for my hand. When I wrestled Geo, it was super physical. We both were bloody by the end of it. It was, it was a little, I just enjoyed doing that. And then with Killian, you know, it was go time. He, he wants to break games, if I break his face. And that's exactly what I tried to do. And, you know, I'm the one holding the title at the end of the day. And so I like to think that I, you know, Nintendo won. Without a doubt, Nintendo did one. You know, even a uh, Sonic the Hedgehog ice pop couldn't stop you. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was great. You know, I, I I do have a soft spot for ice pop, so that did hurt a little bit. But whatever frustration I had, I just crammed big dust with it. And I that was that was, uh, that was probably my favorite moment of the match. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that uh, match a lot from that show. I'm glad they... Uh, uploaded it for free on YouTube, and uh, it ended up making me uh, finally get a High Spots account so I could watch the whole show. So. Yeah, I'm glad that it, uh, I'm also glad it got onto YouTube, because I felt like that was a, that was a match that the, that the people needed to see, and I'm, I'm grateful. You know, the response from it, both live and, um, you know, since it's been posted, has been nothing positive, and it's, it's been fun, it's been fun. I know. So, uh, Big Game Leroy, I got some questions from some people, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, let's roll. Alrighty. My first question is from Terry Duffy. He actually has two questions. His first question is, and I know you're the social media champion, but he's got a question that asks, if you could create a custom title design, what would it look like, and what kind of match would you like to defend it in? Ooh, I, I'm a little bit of a hot take, but I love, I love, the uh, the spinning title, I'm not gonna lie. I would I would if it's a custom big game wheel design, then it's gotta be uh, it's gotta be a spinning uh, spinning switch in the middle, John Cena style. I like that the spinning switch. That would be pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it would be blinged out, it'd be shiny diamond pearls, all of that, all of the works. With a uh, big game Leroy on the uh, side plates. Oh, absolutely. You know it. Oh, nice. So. His uh, second question is: What game system would you 
would make the best weapon in a wrestling match? Uh, ooh, that's video. I'm trying to think. I'm like, should I go with like the cliche and just talk about like you know, like a, a baseball bat or a machine gun or something like that? I think he meant like um I think he meant which video game system. Oh system. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I use a GameCube. Okay. Primarily as a weapon because it's got a nice handle to it. But if I had to think of some of the most painful thing, I might go with like an original Xbox, like Ooh. a big black one. Because those were like freaking tanks and they were really heavy. And I'm pretty sure if I hit you in the head with that, you probably lose all brain activity and brain functions. A classic Xbox. Alright, alright. I, I, I know what you're talking about, too, because those are heavy. I used to own one of those, and then um, I gave it to my uh, cousin when I got the 360, so... Wow. Alright. Uh, next question is from Alex Aceta. <laughs> Alex Aceta. <laughs> he asks, Who would win in an intergender match between you or Lady Dimitri Sue from Resident Evil Village? I hope I said that correctly. That's a tough one. I, I, I mean, I'm big game player. I don't, I don't lose games. And the bigger they are, the, uh, you know, the harder they fall, apparently. But uh, with her literally being that big and also weirdly kind of hot, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot going on there. But um, I, 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 I'll win. It would be a tough one. And I'd probably get distracted by her by her everything. But um, I, I, I'd win. I'd win. <laughs> All right. But I, I'd, still be, I'd still be like, you'll call me afterwards, though. <laughs> Got you. My next question is from Phil. Phil asks, which was the first ever video game that you ever played? Oh, that's an easy one. Pokemon Yellow on the Game Boy Color. I had that one, actually. You know, I, I, um, yeah. I have a lot of fond memories of that one, actually. Um, I was going to ask you, by the way, since Pokemon came up, what was your original first starter that you ever had with the... Uh, in the red and blue versions when uh, Pokemon first came out? So when I got the red and blue versions, my first one was Squirtle, because Squirtle is my favorite Pokemon from the anime. Okay. So I went with Squirtle, because I, I love Squirtle and the Squirtle Squad, especially when he had the sunglasses and stuff. Oh, those were awesome. Yeah, so I went with Squirtle, and I liked Blastoise, so I didn't regret my decision. As I grew older, I became a little bit more of a cliche, and I obviously just did more of, uh, you know, Charizard. Okay. I never did. I never did Bulbasaur. Although I liked Bulbasaur, I just didn't really care for Ivysaur. I got you on that. I always uh, started off with Bulbasaur. That was always mine. So, you know. But I, I always loved the Squirtle Squad on the uh, anime. So he always made me crack up. I think he was a, such a smart ass on the show. It made me so laugh sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um. So my next question is from Josh. Josh asks. Oh, I'm sorry. Josh asks. What is your favorite Mario Kart item? Uh, I want to say the mushrooms, because I love boosting through the ground and like perfectly estimating how much boost is going to get me through how much off-track. Off, off I love cutting corners. Okay. Um, but then on certain stages, you just zoom out of control and you fall off the stage. Um, uh, I would say that, and I would say... I gotta, go, I gotta go with red shells. Red shells are, are pretty they're, they're pretty easy. They lock onto your opponent. They, they, it's a guaranteed hit. 
Especially when you get three of them. Yep, the three red shells. Let's go with that. All right. Always been my go-to in the classics too. Got you. Have you uh, ever gotten nailed with a blue shell? Because I heard that's the worst when you're in first. <laughs> oh, man. I'm always, I always feel like I'm always in first at the wrong time because that's when I always get nailed with a blue shell. Yeah. Uh, that's unfortunate. Oh, man. Unfortunate. That's brutal, you know? And I, I know, it's, I know uh, you were speaking about Squirtle before. I just remembered something, too. My friend Kelsey, would, that would, that's another reason why I know she was, you were a favorite at her show because Squirtle's always been her favorite Pokemon, so. Yeah? Yeah. She's always been a massive uh, Squirtle fan, so she's always started off with a Squirtle. Wow, that's awesome. Yep. I love that. <laughs> All right, speaking of Kelsey, my next question is from uh, her. She asks, "What are the Joy-Cons on your outfit real? Also, what got you into video games and perfect? Well, we already answered the professional wrestling part, but what got you into video games? Uh, what got me into video? Uh... I'm gonna say like, uh, I mean, it's a big, so like, which like, we already know the video games part, but you want to know what got the, the video games into the wrestling part? I guess that's what she meant. Okay, well, I'll interpret it that way. It's easier to sort of answer. Um, for me, I would say like. I was always a huge video game fan, and I always kind of thought that like that was, you know, just me and who I am. Okay. And, like, it's kind of hard to say, because I kind of always incorporated video games into my wrestling. Like, I always kind of was just about that life, and I was always kind of super into that. Um, I'd make jokes and references and training and stuff like that. And then, there was a period where I just kind of, like, I was like, huh, I mean... Not particularly original because I'm definitely like the eighth video game wrestler guy. But um, what if I just became a video game guy? Because at the time I was just kind of myself. But when I dial it up, I mean, video game, it's an anime, and all that nerd culture stuff is me, you know? You see how I dress, you see how I talk, how I walk. Screams nerd, screams who I am, you know? And eventually it got to the point where, like, I just. You know, I got so into my games that I was like, why should I even put it down? Hey, but, <laughs> hey man, whatever works for you, right? Did I lose you? Not good on the sticks. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. I thought I lost okay. you there for a second. <laughs> oh, no, that, that got me nervous. Um, but yeah, I was saying, like, if I'm that good at wrestling and I'm that good on the sticks, I mean, why not do both? Yeah. You know, I'm the master of uh, multitasking for a reason, you know? There you go. I think the other question he asked are, she asked were, are the Joy-Cons on your outfit real? Oh, that is a good question. Uh, they are not, but I will say they were molded with real Joy-Cons. Okay. Because I had to say, uh, the person who made them, uh, Val Pano, uh, Val, she was awesome. Like, she absolutely used actual Joy-Cons to mold them. And I think they're pretty authentic looking. Like, the fact that she even has to ask that already makes me feel uh, very happy with the work that was done. There you go, Kelsey. <laughs> the next question from Ari. Ari asks, if you had to referee a match and not wrestle on the card, would you be fair or unfair? You know, if it was like somebody like, like you had like issues with in the ring. Uh, I would keep it unbiased as long as the other guy kept the... Kept the Energy, you know, 
I can't make any guarantees, but I'm not going to lie, sometimes in the ring, I would have to be a little bit of a hothead, but uh, I'll do my best to keep it to keep it 100 and, you know, keep it 50-50, but uh, that dude gets in my face, and I'm trying to tell him to get off the, get off of that guy. I don't know, he might, he might catch his hands, and, you know, his hands are ready to eat for everyone, you know? All right. Next question is from uh, Mike. Mike asks, what's your all-time favorite GameCube game? My all-time favorite Wii game? Uh, GameCube game. Oh, GameCube game. Uh, I guess I gotta go to Super Smash Bros. Melee. I feel like everybody says that, though. So I was trying to, like, you know, be a little different. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much... <laughs> that's my go-to, man. I logged, like, over 500 hours into that game as a kid. And I literally played it up until I got you. You know? My favorite for the GameCube of all time is actually uh, Paper Mario and a Thousand Year Door. That was always my go-to. Oh my god, what a, that's such a classic game. Like, I still think it's the best Paper Mario game ever. Without a doubt, you know. I, I, um, I remember when the pandemic first hit and uh, I was like just miserable during the time. I had to find something to do that I knew I could pass the time with. And I, uh, I, went to a, I had like a local mom and pop game store down the street from where I live. And I, uh, I bought a copy of it just because I was that bored. And I replayed it again, and I remembered how I played it. I played it, and I just remembered all the memories of playing it all over again. That's sick, and that's also, like, really crazy, because I actually plugged up my GameCube, and I started, uh, when the pandemic first hit, I, like, really plugged back in my GameCube, and I was like, well, I might as well start playing my GameCube and stuff. And I really got back into it, and I was, like, playing, um, I played a little bit of Paper Power at the Thousand Year Door. Um, I was playing some Melee, and then Animal Crossing the Switch came out, not too long after the pandemic really kind of hit in New York, and then I just jumped into that, and then I kind of, you know, put my GameCube right back into the closet. <laughs> it happens. Animal Crossing saved my life in the pandemic, but it also took my life in the pandemic. <laughs> I get what you're saying. So, my next question is from Simon. Simon asks, "How did it feel to win the social media championship?" Oh man, like I can't even put into words. Like it, it was amazing. Like it was really, really awesome. And like I had, it just there are no words. I've been a champion before, but uh, you know it's very different contexts. Like I won my first title in wrestling in House of Glory uh, two years to the day of uh, sorry a year to the day of my debut, my second year into, into wrestling, and now I won this title about my seventh year into wrestling, and it's like a like a different vibe whatsoever, you know, like, I have a different appreciation for, for everything and the journey that I went through, you know, and it's, like, not lost on me, that Invictus is a fairly new company, so for me to be the first face of it really means a lot, because it's, like, I really get to stamp, stamp my name onto this company and be like, hey, like, we're doing this together, you're, you're gonna go up to the top, and I'm, I'm gonna help take you there, and we'll do this together, and, like, I'm really... I love the challenge. I love the challenge. And, like, it's really exciting. When I first, you know, when you're younger in wrestling, you win a championship and you think, oh, this is going to make me look so cool. And I get to brag that I'm the champion of a company and this, this, and that. And that's cool. But I, now that I'm a little bit older, I'm kind of in the mindset of, like, oh, this is, this is a challenge. And I love the challenge. And I'm grateful that, you know, every month now, now it's like, all right, who's next? All right, cool. Big Calix? All right, cool. I want the biggest. I want the baddest. Right now I'm getting the biggest. Next month might be the baddest. 
I know MCM's lurking in the shadows. I know that like a lot of people on social media like throw jobs my way and be like, yo, yo, let let me show you what a real champion looks like. And I'm like, all right, let's let's play that. Let's do it because I, I love the challenge and I like I, I live for this. I, I I really really live for this. And I can't wait to just keep showing keep showing everybody uh you know the heart of a champion. That's me. There you go. And it, and, it, and it throws back literally what you're saying to uh, that first car ride with Alex because you think of that car ride all the way down to Buffalo, Buffalo Wild Wings with Alex from there and then becoming the first champion there. And it just, I think it makes that car ride memory just feel so much more like, you know, meaningful too. Yeah, no, I literally told him at the last uh, Adam Bloom, I literally said, hey, like, it's so crazy to me because... Literally, I was in the car with you. When I, I was literally around you those first few months when you were coming up for Invictus, when you were figuring out uh, what you wanted to do and how you wanted to do it in the company. And now we're doing it, and I'm your champion. And I think that's so cool, and I feel like it's such a full circle thing. Literally, a whole like a you know a year later, pretty much. So, all right. I got a question from Chris. Now I'm not even sure about this question. But um, he asks, I'm not sure about this, but I think I may have seen you in the background on an episode of Being the Elite. Is that true? Uh, so I haven't been on Being the Elite actually more than a few times. I think that that's so cool because uh, I guess this is the first time I've actually anybody's picked up on this. I was actually on the Being the Elite episode where private party signing was announced. Oh, okay. I was there, I was there in the background for that. Uh, I was also on another Being the Elite episode, featured a little bit more prominently, where uh, where Bones and the Teddy Bear wrestled Private Party. Oh, okay. Uh, had a brief, had a MCU style cameo in that, I would say. All right, all right. So, see now, I I, I might have now I, I know what you're talking about with the Bones and the Teddy Bear. I, it kind of is coming back to me on that episode. I would have never known though the uh, the Private Party video though. That that is bo- yeah. That's the fun of wrestling to me. Like, I think that like it's so cool to squeeze in little stuff like that. People always talk about like wrestling as like an anime or a comic book, and I'm like, yeah, that means the details. Like the details, everything's in the details. I mean, like uh, one of my favorite things is MJF uh, getting pushed by Samoa Joe uh, in an NXT takeover, and now everybody thinks talks about it. But a few years ago, nobody thought anything of it when they first saw it. That reminds me of when uh, people years down the line later noticed CM Punk was uh, riding on John Cena's. Uh limousine in 2006 that's, that's actually like the first one and it's crazy because like i noticed that um pretty quickly in because i remember like when cm punk was like in ecw doing his thing i was like you know man, that's really familiar and then turned out to be uh you know cm punk, <laughs> CM punk. <laughs> there you go um i got one last question it's from billy Billy asks, how did how did you come up with the name Big Game Leroy? So, it's so funny because uh, it kind of was given to me, but, you know, it was a little bit of a... So, the rest of me was too remake. Me and my buddies were having game night, we were playing it, and the idea was to do a clean playthrough of the story about of course. It's a pretty difficult game, you know. William Birkin is a monster in that game, and we'd always get messed up with the boss battles. Except for me. We'd get to the boss battles, especially William Birkin, and I would do my thing. I'd figure it out, and 
I would beat William Birkin. You faced him, I think, three times in that game, and it was only me who beat him. Not any of my friends, just me. And it was so crazy because, like, by the time we got to the third one, my, friend is go- my friends are all hyping me up, and they're like, yo, it's a big game, Leroy. Big Leroy. And it kind of sucked. You know, they were, like, they were saying, like, big, big game, Leroy, big match, Leroy. And I was just like, you know what it is? It's time. And then I beat, you know, I beat William Birkin every single time. So it kind of stuck. And then when I, um, you know, my name was Leroy Green for some time. But honestly, I was kind of just like, you know, I'm not really just, uh, you know, that's not really me anymore. I'm big game Leroy. I step into the ring, and every single time I step into the ring, it's a big game. It's a big match. It's a big moment. And that's what I'm trying to do every single time I step in the ring, you know. I am a big game player. You know, in the ring, out the ring on the sticks, with the drip, whatever, however you want to say it, like, I'm, that's just who I am, and, you know, you gotta have a name that really defines you, and really captures people's attention, you know, and, you know, Big Calix is gonna figure that out, Big Calix is literally big, but I'm metaphorically big, and this metaphor, when it lies with his literal bigness, you'll be surprised who wins, so it's gonna be me. All right. Big game Sorry, Leroy. I didn't mean to turn this into a rant against him. <laughs> no <laughs> problem, know, man. Gotta, gotta, plug, gotta plug in Victus, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, man, go all for it, bro, you know? But, um, Big Game Leroy, thank you so much for coming on the Sign Rip Podcast with me today. Do you got any social media links you want to plug since you are the uh, social media champion of Invictus? Oh, you already know. I don't even need, uh, I don't even need to, to have the notes or whatever. So you can follow me on Twitter. And Instagram at Big Game Leroy. I made it easy for you guys. You can add me on Facebook because Mark Zuckerberg does not like the name Big Game. You can add me on Facebook at Leroy Green. And you can buy my merchandise from ProSMTs.com slash buy Big Game Leroy.com. All right. And uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Sign Rip Podcast with Joey G with my guest, the Invictus Pro Wrestling uh, champion, Big Game Leroy. Once again, Leroy, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate having you on today. No problem. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. All right. And uh, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Sign Rip Podcast with Joey G. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and uh, hope you have a good night.